Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Welcome to team night. Let's pray, man. Let's pray. Father, we're so excited to be here. I thank you for the team that's here, Lord. I thank you for those that are also, they just came to hear vision. Father, they want to get on the team and we just thank you for that. And Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit who's in this place and we ask you to continue to minister to us. We know we're gonna close with two more songs and we'll get to finish out this worship set, Lord God. And Lord, we just ask for your presence, your life to saturate us. And we thank you for it in the precious name of Jesus. And if you can agree with that prayer, would you say amen to it? Amen. You already have some time to fellowship. We'll fellowship a little more afterwards, but you can take your seats, guys. And um, I wanna welcome the online people that you weren't able to make it, but we gave you a link and you're watching online and we're so excited you're able to hook up with us. And then guys, we, we've got the Boardman campus coming on and they're, they're meeting over there, but they're gonna be on with us for a short time as I just share some overall vision for the church. Now, uh, before we do this, I, I just want you to know, uh, they are doing this most incredible job out there. We are so excited about what they're doing. And can we just give it up and welcome the Boardman campus here in Warren? All right, yeah, yeah. We are excited about what's happening in Boardman and I'm excited about your individual vision that you're going to hear here in just a little bit from Pastor Joe Jr. and, and Pastor Aaron. It's gonna be amazing. And guys, Boardman, Warren, those that are online, you know, I'm excited to be able to just share what I feel God's saying to us as a church. And uh, here's an interesting statistic that we break the mold as other churches do, but very few do. And that is this, that uh, churches in America, usually they grow the most, just the largest growth is in the first five years. But by the 20 year mark, they plateau. They just absolutely plateau. They don't grow anymore. And we just turned 38 guys and we're still growing and we're still doing more things. And I, I think that's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. I don't believe God ever wants us to plateau. And, and uh, I think he wants us to keep going forward. But you know, when you want to go for, forward in your life, you have to pray harder. You have to seek God's face. And we've been doing that. You've been helping us as a church and Boardman here. And we're going to keep doing those things, you know. I, I began praying several months ago and just said, God, I know it's going to be a short word, um, but I, I'd like to have a word from heaven. And so I prayed about it. I really sought God's face. And, and then a couple of weeks ago, I sat down with uh, Pastor Joe Jr. And I just said, you know, I wanted to hear what was on his heart. And it was amazing how we both were feeling and hearing the same thing. So I'm really, I'm really excited about that. And that's what I want to share uh, with all of us. And it has to do with the time in which we're living. And I want to open up with two scriptures. And there's just specific things I want us to see in these scriptures. And uh, here, here's the first one, guys. Hebrews 10, 24. We must also consider how to encourage each other to show love and to do good things. We should not stop gathering together with other believers as some of you are doing. That's none of us, right? We're here on a Sunday night. Can we say amen to that, right, guys? Um, instead, we must continue to encourage each other. This is the part I'm after. Even more. So we're exhorting one another because we live in a crazy time, right? So we're exhorting each other. You can do it. You can make it. Keep going, right? Uh, it doesn't matter what's going on in the world. It says, even more, as we see the day of the Lord coming. Amen. And I think it's interesting. The day of the Lord is when Jesus will return to the earth. And we don't know the day. We don't know the hour. But the Bible lets us know. And I had tons of scriptures. I just picked two. But it lets us know we should be able to see the time in which we're living. We should be able to know it's the day of the Lord and, 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 and we're close to the coming of Jesus. I don't know when it's gonna be, but I know it's coming. And you and I have to be aware of the time in which we live in. I know most of you are, but God has something to say to us because the time we're living in. Uh, he has something to say to us about us pulling together and going uh, all the way to the top with the next link of the vision God's given us, right? And here's one more, 2 Timothy 3.1. You may as well know this, Timothy, that in the last days, see, we should know, we're in these days. And he's saying this to Timothy, Pastor Timothy, so we could read it. In the last days, it's going to be very difficult 
for Christians. So uh, can you agree it's becoming more difficult, right? Some of our brothers around the world have it tougher than us. China, Saudi Arabia, Iran, you live in some of those places, it's even tougher. But we see our world changing. And I never know. I, I just, I wish I did. I wish I could have cappuccino with Jesus and he could tell me. But it just hasn't happened yet. I pray that it would, okay? But, you know, I never know. Is God gonna bring this thing back and it's gonna get better? And then it might, you know, eventually it's going to get worse before he comes. I never know where we're at, but I don't even know that that matters because we're in the last days, right? And it doesn't matter what's happening out there. God has given us a call. God has given us a purpose and it is huge. And we don't have to cower because we're the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're the called ones of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this world can't stop us. Nothing in this world can stop us. So it reminded me of a Bible story has to do with the book of Esther. And it's a cool story. Israel was taken captive into the Persian Empire. And then a new king came. His name was Xerxes. And uh, he had this wife. And, and she was named Vashti, his wife. And they decided to have this party for the whole kingdom. And they, they brought their leaders from the whole kingdom uh, to the palace. And she had the ladies in her palace. He had the guys in his palace. And it was a different kind of marriage than we have today, right? And so everybody's there and it's a multi-day party. But Vashti defied the king in front of all these leaders. And he was irate. And he talked to his top guys. He said, we can't let this happen because if we let this happen, the women are gonna do this to all of us. And like, they're all upset, you know? And again, it's a different time, right? I'm, I'm just telling you what happened. Just, I'm just a messenger, okay? So, so he said, Let's I'm gonna divorce her. And he divorces her. He just gets rid of her for her just standing him up. And then he said, guys, I want you to look through the whole kingdom I need another wife. And they brought him the most beautiful women in the kingdom. And one of them was a Jewish girl. They didn't know she was Jewish. Her name was Esther. She was second-rate citizen because she was Jewish. But he laid his eyes on her and he said, I've got to have that girl. He fell head over heels in love with Esther. And so he chooses her. Now, Esther had a cousin, first cousin, but he was a couple decades older. So he was like an uncle because she didn't have her parents and he kind of guided her all the time. And uh, so he comes to her and he says, you can't tell the king you're Jewish because he, he might not only not marry you, he might, he might throw you in jail or kill you because he'll feel like you deceived. So she didn't say a word. The king picks her She's now Queen Esther. Isn't that amazing? Queen Esther. And then there's this bad guy named Haman, and he's trying to destroy the Jews. He came up with a plan to kill all the Jews. And that's happened throughout history because, you know, Jesus was going to come through the Jews. So, and the devil doesn't like those Jewish people. So uh, he was going to have the king. And the king agreed to it because he didn't know it was a trick or a trap. And they were going to kill all the Jews in Persia, which would have wiped out the Jewish nation. And so Mordecai comes to Esther, who's the queen, and he says, you've got to stop this, Esther. You have to stop it. And she had already gone into him for another favor, and she said, if he doesn't give me the thumbs up, if he gives me the thumbs down, because if he, if he gets mad that she interrupted him, uh, he'll give her the thumbs down, and she's done. She could die. She's no longer the queen. He'll divorce her. And she's just a nervous wreck, and she goes, Mordecai, I love you, but I just can't go in there. And then Mordecai made this statement, and it's very, very powerful, guys. It's Esther 4.14 near the end, and it says this. Who can say but that God has brought you into the palace for just such a time as this? Very famous, right? Very famous. And I know that's Esther. I know it's back in Bible days, but I think the principle's true for today too. And I think you and I have to walk out of here this evening in Boardman online here in Warren. We have to walk out with the understanding God has brought us to this place for such a time as this. You're living during this time period for a reason. God could have had you born in the early 1900s. He could have put your spirit and soul, which he created, he could have put it in a body back in, in, in the first generation, the second generation of Christianity. But he put you in at this time. Amen. And there's a reason for it. I'll give you another example. Some of you won't like this, but it makes a great point. Okay, it makes a great point has to do with Tom Brady, all right? Now, if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, you hate Tom Brady, right? And I've said this before. If you're a Browns fan, you have no reason to hurt him because we were never contenders, so he never kicked us out of anything. He never ruined our chances to go to the Super Bowl. He might here in the near future, right? So, so 
Uh, he's 44 years old. Last year, he switched teams. So he, he was a New England Patriot, all those Super Bowls. And at 44, he's still playing at a high level. He eats avocado ice cream, by the way. It's really nice cream. It's not ice cream, but he eats avocado. He, he's a really healthy eater, takes care of himself. 44, playing at the high level of a 29, 30-year-old. And so they played their first game last, last week. And they were playing Dallas. And I thought, I want to see how Dallas is. I want to see how, how Tampa Tom is. Because I'm a fan until he plays us, you know, the Browns. So I thought, let me check it out. And it was an amazing game. Dak Prescott, who's the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, he played out of his mind good. It was crazy. But so did Tom. And so uh, Dak is losing by three, Dallas. And he moves his team down the field. And, and they kick a field goal and they tie the game. So that means it's overtime. But he made a huge mistake. There was a minute, 22 seconds left. And they show a picture of Tom on the sideline. He's like, let me in there. He's like so tanked up. And, and so he goes in a minute and 22 seconds and he moves the ball down the field and it's, the time's ready to run out. They kick a field goal. Dak has no time and Tampa Bay wins the game. Now here's why I share it. Coaches, whether it's football, basketball, you name the sport, coaches always have their best players in that fourth quarter. The best players are always there in the fourth quarter. He had the best center, he had all the starting people, and he had Tampa Tom. He didn't send in their backup, he sent in Tampa Tom. And in the fourth quarter, they always send their best players in. And I want to ask you a question. Do you think God's as smart as a quarterback or a coach of a football team? Or any team, do you think he's smart enough? Oh yeah, he is. He's that smart. And if we were to take Christianity, it started with Jesus dying and raising from the dead, right? And it's gonna end when he comes back. And we can see we're living in those last times. I don't know when he's coming, but it's close, he's coming. And so we could divide it into four quarters. And that first quarter is the apostle Paul, Peter. He had some good players in there. And then we had the middle ages, not really great players there. And, and uh, they really weren't, they did a bad job, right? That's why he didn't put you in, right? He didn't put you in the dark ages. He, whoo, I'm glad I wasn't born then. Uh, so uh, that's on them. That's not on us, right? But we're in the fourth quarter, and here's what I want to say. Here's what I felt stirring, and it's connected to Esther. We were born for such a time as this, right? And oh, by the way, she went in, the king accepted it, and the Jews were saved and all that beautiful stuff. It's a great story. Now, guys, guys, God put you and I in in the fourth quarter. And I'm talking about Christians all over the world, not just BC. We are in the fourth quarter, which means God has placed his best. He could have put you in any time zone, but he put you in this time zone. That means God put the players with the greatest callings, the strongest gifts, the greatest ability to be in here in the fourth quarter so we can take the ball down and we can score and we can win this thing. And so everybody listening to my voice, you're God's best, and you have to know that. Sometimes we think, oh, I wish you would have used me in the four, uh, first quarter. I wish, I wish I was born in. Guys, you were born in the most important time in history, and God has a call on your life to reach the nations, to disciple the believers, and you and I are in a place because God put us here, and we're able to overcome this world. We're able to, to do everything God's called us to do in the world that we live in. We, we can be the light. We can be the salt. We can reach the harvest. We can... Uh, disciple the saints. And that's because God's put you in the game. And I, I like to say it this way. I think this is pretty cool. You're not here to let the world happen to you, but you're here to happen to the world. Amen. Isn't that right? Can we give it up in Borman here and more? It is so true. God has given us the best truth. So listen, listen, listen. That's what I heard God stirring my heart with. That's what he stirred my heart with. And I just got to thinking, man, these are strategic times. And you know what the enemy wants us to do? He wants us to look at all that's going wrong in the world. And you and I have to look at all that and say, you know what? Maybe God's called you to be involved in some of those things. That's cool. I can't give any of my time to that. But maybe that's your calling. Maybe that's your path, you know, to get involved in some ways and do some good things. But guys, here's what I know. Here's what I know. There's nothing on this earth it's going to stop the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are going to do everything God's called us to do. And we're, we're sin abounds, God grace, God's grace is even stronger. And we're gonna feel the greatest grace we've ever felt, guys, to do what God's called us to do. Yeah, so this is the time to say, yeah, give me that vision for Borbin, give me that vision for Warren, because guys, we are in a time 
where God is going to shine and you can do it because he saved the best for last. So you guys have stronger gifts than you could ever know. You have a bigger calling, higher grace than you could ever know. And we're not gonna let the enemy make us put our head down and say, oh, the world's so tough and the world's so bad. No, we're gonna say our God is so tough and our God is so bad. And he gave us gifts and anointing and we're gonna do what God's called us to do. That's what we're gonna do. That's the time we live in. I'm excited about it. <laughs> Woo! Now, we, we, I had fun. Thank you. Thank you. We had a good time. That's, that's my overall vision for the church. Man, we have been placed here by heaven, and we have been placed. God's put his best gifts in the bodies that you're in, and they're way greater than you could ever imagine. Now, Boardman uh, Online, we have another corporate vision for the church, and um, I'm going to have our student pastor, uh, past, Pastor Ryan, Cathers come share it because he's part of the team that's making it happen. So Borman, you'll stay on and then after this, I'll come back and you'll go, go into your individual vision. We'll go into ours as a campus. So can we give it up for Ryan as he comes forth to share this vision? I like when Pastor Joe preaches a little bit. Make me want to stand up and shout a little bit. It's an incredible time to think about how Believer's Church, what we've done and who we are over the last close to 40 years, the fact that we're standing here and, and doing what we're doing in multiple cities and thinking about the thousands upon thousands of people that we have helped connect with God, it, it really is something that's truly astounding. And uh, I, I'm just so fascinated by how God has used this group of people to do such an amazing work. And maybe one of the most fascinating parts of this work is if you think about the origin story of Believer's Church, you know, think about it, that it was a 19-year-old Pastor Joe who gives his heart to Jesus and then in his young 20s decides to uh, leave everything in his hometown and go to a Bible school in Oklahoma. And he pays for it all himself by working midnights at a gas station, right? And you think about a teenage Pastor Gina who wasn't a Pastor Gina back then. And uh, she's a teenager who's going to a Bible school in Oklahoma against all common sense from people in her family thinking, this is crazy. Don't do this. I'll pay you not to do this. And she goes there. And of course, Pastor Joe and Gina, they meet each other in Oklahoma. And God stirs in their heart to come and plant Believer's Church right here in Pastor Joe's hometown of Warren. And I, I love that it was a couple of teenagers. It was a couple of young people that had no clue what they were in for. No clue what they were in for. No clue the thousands of people that would benefit, the cities that would benefit from what they did. And as we think about the next 40 years for Believer's Church, as we think about what's ahead for us, I really believe that it is those who are in their late teens, early 20s, the young people, their kids, that are going to carry that torch Amen. and be the city of God in their city. Yeah. And... Um, And, and that's why I'm really, really excited to present to our church a pathway that we believe is going to help prepare this next generation to be salt and light, to be a city on a hill. And, and that is that Believer's Church is going to be partnering with a university called Southeastern University uh, or SEU. And SEU, Southeastern University, is a university that's in Florida. They are a private Christian university and we are going to be partnering with them to launch an extension site at Believer's Church. And we are really, really excited about this because this is going to offer an opportunity to people in their late teens, maybe in their gap year, maybe people who are adults but have a flexible schedule. It's going to offer an opportunity for them to follow God's call in their life. And so we're excited to let you know that in fall of 2022, a year from this month, we are going to be launching our first ever semester of SEU at Believer's Church. And uh, we are just so excited about this for a few reasons. One is that for too long, we have heard and our students and our young people have heard that if you want a bright future, you've got to ditch this area. That if you want a bright future, you've got to get out of here. 
And we have just said, no, we're not stuck here. We're called here. And we know that there are young people that feel that exact same way, that they are not stuck here. They're called here, but they're looking for opportunities. And so this is going to be an incredible opportunity where they can get a, a quality university, private university education. They'll be taking online classes. But here's what's so cool. It's so different from just an online uh, education. They'll be doing online classes with fully uh, accredited uh, people from, you know, university professors at SEU, and they'll be able to get a regionally accredited degree by taking these online classes, but then they'll be able to get a hands-on experience of what it's like to be a leader in a church as they do the practicum with Believer's Church. So it's going to be a really unique experience where they have online classes, but they're doing it in a community of young people or students who are just like them. It's very unique to those who are commuters who show up and then go home and feel like they never meet anyone. This is going to be a cohort. It's going to be as many people as, in, as are in enrolled in the program, that will be their community. They will be doing chapels together and they will be getting in on leadership talks together and they will be doing work together and they will be serving and leading together. And so it will create a unique opportunity. And so for those of us that have felt like, hey, I have to go somewhere else, we believe that, no, this is a pathway to getting a degree right here in our area and fulfilling the call that God has placed on their life. Another aspect to education that can at times feel a little frustrating is we ask our young people to figure out what they're going to do with their life when they're 19 or 20, go get educated for it, and then go into the workforce. And of course, if you're anything like me, even after I graduated, I still had no clue what I wanted to do with my life, but I spent a lot of money to figure that out. And what what we have done and what we're excited to do with this extension side is we're excited to flip the model on its head. We're excited that they're going to get a quality Christian education that's going to teach them not only uh, what to think, but how to think. And that's part of what a university education does is it teaches you how to think outside the bounds and how to approach theories and, and to approach logic. But it's going to do it with a Christian worldview, with professors that still believe in a God and professors that uh, are smart and intellectual, but have Jesus at the center of their life. It's going to give them that opportunity, but here's the cool part. They will not just be learning theories that they study it and take a test for. They will take those tests, but they will be putting those theories into practice in a ground of boots on the ground kind of way through the practicum, which means they will be working intensely side by side with their staff here at Believer's Church. They will be on the ground floor of everything that God is doing at Believer's Church. They will be leading. They will be doing things. They will be putting into practice all of the theories they're learning. There will be a meaning attached to it. And it will help them to understand, is what I'm learning actually practical for my life? And this is going to give them really cool opportunities. Like it's going to give them the chance to hear from leaders like Pastor Joe and Pastor Gina and Joe Jr. and all of our ministry leaders on a really personal way. It's going to give them a chance to actually try different ministries and see how it's, what it's like to lead in those different areas and see what it's like. And to start, we're going to be offering degrees in ministerial leadership, which is very practical. It's a hands-on way to understand what it means to lead. But as the program grows, as our enrollment grows, we'll be able to offer more degrees in different things. So we really believe that it's just the beginning as we get it launched. And then as the program grows over the years, there's going to be more opportunities. And so as we think about this, maybe one thought that's going through your mind is what's going through a lot of our minds is, yeah, but how much does it cost? <laughs> because... If you're anything like me, you, you went to a university and then you continued to pay for that university experience for close to a decade after you were done with your university experience. And isn't that the case for many young people that they get into these universities and they get saddled with debt and then they get out of college and their, their job isn't really supporting their ability to pay off. And so as someone who went to a university that cost over $30,000 a year, I can attest that it is not always easy to find a quality education and to work your way through it or to find a valuable price. And this is why we're one of the things we're really, really excited about with SEU at Believer's Church is that the pricing is going to be far and away one of the best prices, most competitive prices that we can offer. In fact, uh, every student can look forward to a tuition that for the entire year will cost less than $10,000. It will be something where you can get scholarships. It will be things where FAFSA or any federal grants will apply. So if you're eligible for those things for any university, 
You can be eligible for them at SEU at Believers Church. We're excited for this program. Eventually, we believe that this could even be offered to dual credits for people that are still in high school, but that's down the road. And so uh, this is something that we believe does not have to burden the rest of your life, but can be a facilitator, a catalyst for some of the things that God is doing throughout the rest of your life. And so if you're uh, someone that is interested in learning more about this. Maybe you're a potential student or maybe you're somebody that knows some people. We would love to get your information as we get ready for this launch. This entire year will be really dedicated to getting ourselves ready for the initial launch in fall of 22 and so 2022. And so if you're interested in learning more about this, this has been kind of the 30,000 foot flyover. But if you're interested in learning more about this, we would love to get some information from you. Just your name, your phone number and your email. But just to let us know that you're a little bit interested. We're going throughout the fall and throughout the upcoming year. We're going to be holding information nights to give you more information about the practical details. And we're going to actually let you experience what it would be like to, to be in one of these settings. And so we would love for you to go on this journey with us. So church as a whole, this is not just because we believe in education, although we believe in education. This is something that we're doing because we know that the harvest is great, but the workers are few. And so we not only need to pray, but we need to equip the next generation of workers to go into the harvest. And so if you're interested in being a part of that, we want to encourage you to head out to the green wall at your campus. And on that iPad, you will see SEU at Believers Church. And if you put in your information there, that will be just an inquiry to get more information. We'll be reaching out to you to let you know what the steps and the process can be, how you can find out more. And we want you to know that that's a really accessible step for so many people that are within the sound of, of my voice. And so we are really excited as a church to get this going. I get pumped up thinking about it because I think it's going to be a lot of stories that are very similar to Pastor Gina and Pastor Joe, teenagers, young people who on a whim maybe even decided, you know what, I'm going to spend, instead of doing this gap year, I'm going to, I'm going to make a decision to get my associates of ministerial leadership, or I'm going to make a decision to, to pursue a degree and a hands-on work experience. And so we're really, really excited for this opportunity. With that said, that's what SEU at Believers Church is. I'm going to hand it back over to Pastor Joe and we'll continue our vision night. All right, let's give it up, guys. Thank you, Ryan. We're really, really excited about that. Now, at this time, Boardman, you're going to go off. Pastor Joe Jr. is coming up. Thanks for hanging out with us. Can we give it up one more time for our Boardman campus? I'm aware this is a school night. I am now a parent of kids that go to school in the morning, so I'm going to be respectful of your time, but I also, I'm going to fly through some information, and I really, here's what I'm going to ask you to do, is uh, I know it's been a long day. I've been in this room a lot today. I've been on this stage a lot today. I'm almost tired of hearing myself speak, so I know you might be there too, but, um, but really, I, I just want to speak from my heart for just a few minutes and give you some next steps, and here's what I've been praying. I've been praying for this night. I've been praying that each one of you wherever it is that God is taking you. All of us have individual callings. Pastor Joe so beautifully talked about that this morning. Wherever it is he's taking you, that you would begin to have more clarity than ever on what that looks like step by step. And so each one of us is gonna hear God kind of reveal to us maybe a next step in our personal walk with him. And then I'm gonna show you some next steps in our, in our walk with him as a church. And I'm just really excited about that. And I don't know uh, if you guys can relate to me on this. I know not everybody is this way, but I'm a dreamer. Maybe it's because my name is Joseph, but I am always dreaming. I'm always thinking. I, I like the quote from Michael Todd that sight is what you see with your eyes open, but vision is what you see with your eyes closed. Can anybody relate to me when you just, kind of start to get excited when you dream a little bit. And uh, I'm the guy that when I drive onto our property, I don't just see grass out here. I don't just see woods, but I see the buildings that are going to be there someday. I, and not only that, I see the people that are going to be reached in those buildings. When I talk to your kids and I, I look at these students and these, these infants and toddlers, I just, I see future world changers. I just can't help myself. When I look at you, I see the potential in you. I see something greater than maybe sometimes I think you see in yourself. And so tonight I just want to dream a little bit. And, um, this is what Habakkuk 2.2 says. You hear this quoted so often, but I think it's worth saying, this is Habakkuk who is a prophet and he's kind of frustrated with some things in the world that he wished was different. And so God finally kind of rolls up his sleeves and he's ready to reply to Habakkuk. And this is what Habakkuk 2.2 says. It says, then the Lord answered me and said, write a vision. And I like this. It says, make it plain upon a tablet. Now, you didn't know how prophetic the word of God is, but I'm delivering the vision on a tablet tonight. Hello, somebody. I don't know if that's the same one, but 
The Bible's funny. You just got to read between the lines. But listen to why it says to do this. It says, so that a runner can read it. And so this is so important to me. Uh, it would do us no good if we did not have clarity on where we were headed as a church. And of course, we exist to see a city connected with God. And that's like Pastor Ryan so beautifully said, that's the 30,000 foot flyover vision. And that sounds great and it looks great on paper. But we wanna show you how practically we're gonna start taking some of those steps. And so I wanna talk a little bit about that for just the next few minutes. And before I go any further, I think it would be helpful for you to just hear me say a few things. And I think you, most of you know my story. I, I grew up at Believer's Church. I've never been a part of another church. And uh, this church actually started three years before I was even born. Get this, this is a fun fact. My parents started Believer's Church in 1983 before they were married. They did not get married until three months into the church being started. And my mom was living with my great grandma in her house. And so I've only ever known Believer's Church. And one of the things that, I think is so helpful for you to do every now and then is just to hear my heart as a pastor. And I just think I owe this to you. And so I'm a year in, I've been in ministry for 15 plus years, but I'm a year into this assignment and I'm loving it. And by the way, can you be praying for Erin because she tweaked her neck tonight and she's been waiting for this night. And so pray for her that she feels better. But I just wanna make a couple statements to you because some of you don't know that this is what's going on in, in my mind, but I want you to know this is what's going on in my mind and in my heart. And this is how the leadership of this church feels. I'm going to just, I wrote it and I want to say it the way I wrote it. Number one, we're not trying to build a big church. I just think it's good for you to hear me say that. We're not trying to build a big church. Now, let me add a statement to that. But we are trying to build a healthy one. And here's what I really believe I believe that healthy things grow. And so, of course, that means numerically, but it also means that when you grow spiritually, when we equip you to grow in your relationship and in your walk with God, then your life begins to multiply and you begin to impact other people. When you begin to know God and find freedom and discover your purpose, then ultimately you make a difference and God's church grows and the vision expands. But the buildings are not the point. And we're gonna talk about buildings tonight, but the buildings are not the point. People are the point. This is what church is. The church is not a building, right? It is a gathering of the called out ones or the believers. And this is why we gather together. All right, let me say another statement to you. And I want you to hear me say this because I think it's helpful for you to, to hear this. I want to be a pastor at this church when I'm 60 years old. Maybe I go even further. I want to be a pastor at this church when I'm 70 or 80 years old. I feel called, my wife and I, we feel called to pastor in this local valley for the rest of our lives. My dad talked about that this morning. I didn't even know he was going to say it. But I want you to hear me say that because I don't say it in a self-serving way. I just want you to know that I'm in it for the long haul. And so when you start to hear people say that, here's what I hope you begin to see. That I've watched this happen my whole life. God works and he moves in seasons. And so I want you to think about this. When, when we are planning for our church, we are not just looking at today. We are looking at and dreaming about tomorrow. And so you're going to hear us talk a lot about tomorrow today. And we really want to do that so we can begin to stir in you this desire to begin to think beyond this moment. And I hope and I pray that this stirs something in you to say, man, I want to be a part of that. And so we're not going anywhere. And um, I've been, like I said, in this church my whole life. And just, just a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to one of my friends, actually Nathan Bibb. He's in the room here. Nathan got shouted out twice today. Let's give it up for Nathan Bibb, man. He's leading the Purpose Driven Life Connect group. He's like, I'm never gonna do anything for Joe Jr. again. Okay. But you know what? He had a really good suggestion. He said, hey, I don't do this very often, but he's like, I just thought of a great series idea. And he's like, I'm just gonna throw this out there and see if anything sticks. He's like, it'd be cool to have a series about seasons. He said, I've been reading through the Bible. There's a lot of mention about seasons. And so I thought that was really great. And so if you ever see a series about seasons, that was Joe Jr.'s idea. No, I'm just kidding. It was Nathan's idea. But it's interesting. I mean, think, think about this. We all know the natural seasons. We know, we know that it's winter and spring and summer and fall. And as a farmer, there's, there's the plowing and there's the planting season, and that usually happens in the spring. And that's a really difficult season, right? Uh, this is just kind of coming out of the church plant phase, but I still kind of feel like we're a church plant. And so when you're planting and you're plowing, it's hard work, right? You're rolling up your sleeves. You're, there's sweat. There's, there's blood, sweat, and tears that goes into this. And, um, and the next phase that happens, though, is so important. Actually, the way that it works is there's seed, and then there's time, then there's harvest. There's seed, and then there's time, then there's harvest. And so 
just an encouragement to you. My, this is a, a Gina Caminetti quote. You cannot get a crop without crap. <laughs> Aren't you glad you came to church tonight? In other words, all of us have to have some fertilizer in our faith. And a lot of times it's messy and it's not easy. And, and sometimes it comes disguised in things that you would not think it would. But this is how God works in our life. It's how he works in our marriage. It's how he works in our kids' lives. It's how he works in our career. It's how he works in every part of our life. And so there's that season. And you'll hear some things that are in process tonight. And we're in that time period, in the in-between. But then here's the cool part. Tonight we're going to talk to you about just a few things where it's like, hey, we feel like it's harvest time. Like it's go time. Can I just point something out? If you were to ask any farmer, any farmer, as amazing as the harvest is, as exciting as it is to see all of that crop harvested and all of the hard work actually pay off, I think most farmers would tell you this, the harvest is the hardest part. It's actually where the most work happens is when the harvest starts to come in. So as I share tonight, I just want you to keep the season thing in mind. In some parts of our church right now, we're in a plowing and planting season, and there's a lot of work that still needs to be done. In other parts, we're in that in-between time. And then in some parts, I'm going to tell you tonight, like, hey, we can move at the speed of people and resources. Like, we can go. We're ready to go. And so I'm going to break that down for you in just a couple of ways. Here, here's another way to say it. I'm going to give you green light, yellow light, and red light. All right? So I'm going to just dive in head first. Here's a green light. As a church, because we recognize that we are living in the last days, here's the first green light. We have a green light on making disciples. This has never been more important than it is right now. And so a disciple, if, if you're kind of new to that idea, a disciple is someone that is fully surrendered and fully devoted to God. They have said, God, you're not just my God, but you're the Lord of my life. And a disciple isn't really, by definition, a disciple until they are a disciple making other disciples. And so... Green, we're, we're talking green light here. Green means go, right? So here's, here's a main objective that sometimes I can even lose in the mix when I get busy doing church. And just forget about what this scripture says, Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, it says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We got to do that today and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And I really believe this. Can you just dream with me for a second? Maybe just close your eyes and think about this. I believe that 10 years from now, I really believe this. 10 years from now, they will look at what happened at Believer's Church in Boardman, and they will see a city-changing, city-shaping move of God where thousands and tens upon thousands of people have met Jesus, and they will trace it back to how much we valued discipleship not to how much we valued buildings, not to how much we valued cool experiences and production, well put together messages know how much we value discipleship because it matters to God. Here's another thing that's a green light for me. It's groups because this is the primary vehicle that we're going to build relationships in community and make disciples. Can I share with you just a funny story? This is to me what we are trying to build. We are trying to build groups of people all throughout this church that embody the vision of this church, which is to see a city connected with God and help people to know God and find freedom and discover your purpose and make a difference. Last week, we had a filming, actually, that we wanted to do, and I thought, let's make a party out of it. I'm always looking for an excuse to eat and hang out with my friends, and so we just invited some of the people from our Young Adult Connect group, and we said, hey, would you come hang out with us? And we wanted to just get some shots of, of, of us hanging out, and then we were going to hang. And um, I, was, I had this huge group message, and I was like, because I can't send like 85 individual texts. I just didn't have the time. And so there's a young lady in our, in our student ministry, not in our student ministry. She was in my student ministry. I was her youth pastor, but she is now a young adult. Her name is Sarah. And so I thought Sarah was in this group text, and I sent this big, long group text, and then Sarah responded with some not-so-nice no, not so nice words to us. One of them was like a four-letter word, and it was like one of the good ones. You know what I'm talking about? And so... It was something like, blank you all. And, and so then my response was, I take it this isn't Sarah, dot, dot, dot. And everybody starts laughing. Well, the funny thing was, this evolved into this hilarious conversation where she eventually discovered that this was a religious group. And she says, I'm so sorry. I didn't know this was a religious group. <laughs> well, get this, listen. So then one of the awesome guys in our group says, hey, Listen, if swearing sent you to hell, I'd be in hell a long time ago. And so 
they said this is about not religion, but a relationship with Jesus. And get this, a few texts later, I mean, everybody starts bombarding this person that we don't even know who they are. There's someone from around here, we guess, but we just, they start bombarding them with like the love of God and just saying, hey, anybody's welcome here. No perfect people allowed. And you should come to our church. And guess what? They said, where's your church at? And so so, I think Corey sent them a link and said, this is where the location is. And before the end of the conversation, they said, I will be there. They said, I have to wait for a Sunday to get off, but I'm coming. And so I went separately and apologized to them for blowing their phone up. And, um, but get get this, her her name is Brianna, okay? Can you keep a secret? Her name is Brianna. And she, this is the best quote ever. She said, I wanna come to your church, but I'm a little ghetto. And And I said, well, hey, we're all a little bit ghetto deep inside. I don't know if that was the right thing to say, but I felt led by the Spirit to say it. We're all a little bit ghetto deep inside. Can I just dream with you guys for a second? This, this is what I'm seeing already happen in pockets all over the place. But this is the type of church that I really feel God is calling us to be, that there would be people that, man, they don't even know why they're here. They don't even know what brought them into this room or got them into your connect group. They have no clue what's working, but it's the Holy Spirit working in their life. And I just, I pray that we would be a church that would always exist for the Briannas for people that are far away from God, might even feel like they have uh, no desire to know God, but God arrests them right where they are. And so this is what I'm dreaming about. So listen, here's, here's another green light. This is the building expansion. So I wanna talk to you about this. You see this every weekend and we had a pretty good plan and then COVID, you know, I think everybody would say that. And so um, they're gonna put some pictures up here. This is just a a very rough sketch and we have blueprints that we've been working on and you're gonna hear more and more detail about this, but we have a good amount of space on this property to expand. So I want you to hear this. Um, I I want you to to know kind of what our mindset is. We really wanna be good stewards of what God is doing here. We're not gonna spend your money unless we feel like God is asking us to. Um, It's my money too. Hello, somebody, I tithe here. So we, we care about it. But also what we want to do, and this is what the board of trustees who oversees this church and all of the finances, this is what they've tasked us to do. They look at who we're reaching and they look at kind of the trend lines of how we're growing. And this is a really cool thing that's begun to happen over the summer. We have grown a lot in the summer, which never happens. And we anticipate we're going to have a growth spurt. And so here's the cool thing. It's not just church people. I mean, we are watching people in our growth track class come through that have no experience with God, no experience with religion of any kind, and God is is using that in an incredible way. And so here's what we wanna do. We wanna make sure that we're never getting behind on what God wants us to do, and we just wanna take steps and grow with it. And so I call it making room for a miracle. This is the woman, the widow, that puts the jars out, and as long as they put the jars out, the oil keeps flowing. And so we just wanna give you some practical steps, and if you guys could... Uh, go to the, the map here, the, the blueprint. So here's one thing that I want you to know. Some of you haven't been here very long, and uh, we don't talk about this often, but I, you're entitled to know this, and I want you to know it. One of the cool things that we were able to do when we found this property is we were able to purchase the property that is right next to our lot. And so there is a house that's out there on the front of the, the road, and all the property that goes along the backside, we own that, And it's actually being paid for because there are two renters in there under contract. So it's paying for itself. And ultimately, this is going to be space for much needed parking. But beyond that, right out here, this is where the grass patch is. We know that eventually, ultimately, we're going to need a larger sanctuary. Right now, this is working great. The real crunch, here's where we really feel the crunch, and we see this is going to happen in the next year or two. We need more kids' facilities. We, we run out of it really quick. I don't know if any of you guys have seen our kitchen, but it's a little bit rough. Just ask Stephen Meredith about our kitchen tonight. It's more of a closet. I, that's kind of generous even to talk about that. And so that is a big need. And so we have some really cool plans for that. We have, I don't know if you know this, we have one functioning office in this entire building and we're making it work. I work at Stone Fruit and I look for opportunities to tell people about Jesus. Come on, somebody. Like we're not gonna be limited by a building, but I want you to know that this is where we're headed. And it's not about the building. People are the point. So here's, the, here's just phase one. You can see it highlighted up there in red. We felt we needed to take an initial step and we feel a green light to move like right now. We just need to add some additional parking because as we get to a point where we have a crunch point in our attendance, especially in the high uh, impact services where we're filling up, we run out of parking pretty quickly. 
And um, we feel that this is an easy win for us, and it's a step one, phase one thing. And so it's not, it's not really uh, too expensive uh, for all of the projects we've done here. It's $60,000, and we're working on it to move now. So we will move at the speed of the resources as they come in. So I'm just making you aware of it. Every one of us can do whatever God leads us to do. That's my pitch. I'm not going to uh, coerce you or make you feel uncomfortable about it. Some of you can give $10 a month, or you could give a one-time $100 check. Some of you could write the whole check right now, and you wouldn't even feel it. All of us will do exactly what God leads us to do, but I just want you to know that's coming, and you'll hear us start to mention that every week. And so here's what I want you to know. Uh, for us at, at Believer's Church, we, we have grown in, in Warren historically, and at times we've gotten behind the growth, and it's actually handicapped us in going where God wanted us to go. And so the board just said, hey, we're, we want to equip you as best as we can, and so that's why we're working on these plans. And so you will hear us talk about it step by step. And here's the cool thing. In the meantime, we're going to keep working with what we've got, and I actually really love it. Like, I think we're really blessed with an amazing, beautiful building. How many church plants get to work with what we're working with? And so that's, that's something that we feel a green light on, all right? Here's another one. This is one I'm really excited about, Paramount. This is our student ministry. And so this is gonna be launching, are you ready? In just a week and a half, it's September 29th. Anybody excited that we got a student ministry that's coming to change the world in all these local schools? So I wanna just break down two, two ways that you can participate, students and adults, parents, grandparents that can bring your students we have something that's happening on Wednesday nights, and this is called the Mount Underground. Now, the Mount Underground is, is totally designed to help develop disciples, like people that, that will follow Jesus in their schools and in their context right where they are. And so we're not trying to bring the whole school to that event on Wednesday nights. It's a connect group. Um, we're, we're actually, we're calling it underground because it's almost like we're trying to keep it a secret. Like just tell, we just, we're telling our students like bring people that you know are serious about Jesus or they're hungry and they're, they're asking questions. So that's the design. So we have a whole amazing team that's gonna be here on Wednesday nights taking care of your students. We even have a connect group here on Wednesday nights for any leaders or parents that wanna bring your students and you want something to do. And so that's happening starting September 29th. And then here's, here's really, and I'm, a, I'm a youth pastor. Once a youth pastor, always a youth pastor. And I'm an evangelist. So we are, we are going to have intentional moments where we are going after people that are far from God, students. And so we're gonna do the very first event. It's gonna be at the beginning of October, October 8th. And it's a fifth quarter style event. We're calling it the after party. And so if you would like to participate in that, we're gonna have all kinds of incredible stuff happening on that night after the game. Uh, we're, we're, we have some really great connections with um, the athletic directors at some of the local schools and superintendents. And so here's, here's the idea that this is a safe place where students can come and hang out. And then here, here's one thing I'm pretty excited about. We're gonna have amazing uh, music and we're gonna have all kinds of fun giveaways, but the gospel will be preached at these after parties. And so we're gonna be intentional about that. We're pretty excited. And then here's the third thing we're going to do this fall. It's October 29th. It works really well in Warren. We're going to have a huge costume party on that Friday night. And so um, we, here, here's why we're doing this. We are doing this to equip you and your students so that they can invite their friends that are far from God, create a safe, fun place. And we really believe that we're going to see God do some incredible things. So if you are a student in here, we would love for you to be a part of it. I've talked to so many of you already. And uh, if you are a part of the student team, can you just wave at us real quick? Wave it. If you're a part of the student leader team, wave at us. Hey, can we give it up for all the people that are going to make this student ministry happen? <laughs> love it. All right. We're in the home stretch here. And so here's what I'm going to ask. Parents, grandparents, uh, for, for you, the, the most amazing thing you could do is just be a ride. We had a guy in our student ministry for years, his name was Tim, and I called him the human school bus because he would just look for kids and he would bring them any event we had. And that's an incredible ministry. You might say, man, I don't really know that I would be very skilled at telling someone about Jesus or relating to a student. That's okay, just be a ride. Just bring them here, get them here and God will do the rest. All right, I'm gonna give you one yellow light, all right? So we gave you some green lights, and I'm gonna give you a yellow light. And I, I wanna just remind you of what I said at the beginning of the night. We're in it for the long haul. And so this is not just a sprint, but this is a marathon. And so at every season, what I've watched my parents do and other leaders that I respect is make sure that we have a sustainable pace so that we don't burn people out, so that we have a healthy culture here, and ultimately so we do what God has called us to do. 
And I, I feel, my dad said, that, said it this way for years, when you're, when you're not in the will of God and when you're doing things out of striving or because you feel like you have to, it's, you, you get this feeling, it's almost like showering with your socks on. Has anybody ever felt this way? When you take on too much in your life, and they might even be good things, but too many irons in a fire can put a fire out. Do you know what I mean? And so this is where we find ourselves. And so remember, we're here for the long haul. I want to be better at 70, still married with kids that love me and love the church. Is anybody with me on that, that your pastor wants that? So here's, here's what seems right to us as a leadership team right now. We're pumping the brakes on relaunching the Saturday service. Now, I want you to hear, I want you to hear what I'm saying. We're not saying not ever. We're just saying not right now. And I have to make a confession. For me, my personality, I can tend to be a people pleaser. And I can tend to carry the weight if I feel like I'm disappointing people or letting people down. But this is a great scripture that God helped me with in making this decision. And we, we prayed a lot about it. And I want to remind you, it's just a yellow light. And so we're not saying it's not going to happen. We're just saying right in this particular season, we don't feel a green light about it. But this is Ecclesiastes 4.6. Better is a handful of quietness than two hands full of toil and a striving after wind. And I just hope that encourages you. I pray that as a pastor at this church that I would not only encourage you and inspire you with the things I say yes to, but at times even the things that I say no to. But here's what I'm gonna encourage you to do. In the meantime, I'm, I'm just, this, just to wrap words around why we're saying this. I'd rather get there a little slower in one piece than get there faster, broken apart and burned out. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? And so this is, this is why we're making that decision. And again, can I just encourage you, if you're a Saturday person, listen, your day is coming, and here's how you can help me in the meantime. What I'm asking for every person in this room to do and any person that will watch later online is to begin to pray about how can I be a part of what God's calling this church to do with my unique abilities? And the more that all of us jump on board with that, and we already have an incredible participation rate. I think we're up near 60% of the people that attend on a weekend serve, which is unheard of. It's incredible, but I'm a little greedy. And I'm like, I think we could get to 80 or 90%. Like I, wanna, I want people to be coming here saying, what are you guys doing? And I, th I think we're gonna get there. And so this is not just so we could say, we have a lot of people that serve here. This is because the vision that we are here serving is so important. And so here's where I want to end. I'm going to invite Patrick to come up and tickle the ivories and make me sound 10% more spiritual as I end this night. Can we give it up for Patrick? He's awesome. Patrick, how old are you? How young are you? I'm 72 years old. Come on, let me look like that at 72. Let me look like that at 50. All right, so listen, here's, here's where we're going to end. And ask you to just hang with me for just another minute. This is the most important thing I'll say. So you heard some vision. You heard where we're headed. There's so much more. I wish I could unpack all of it. And what, you'll hear it now from now on in the weekends, and we'll keep giving you clarity as we go. But I want to just play a little game with you, all right? We're going to put a couple pictures on the screen, and here's the game. It's called Who's the Minister Here, all right? So let's put the first picture on the screen. I just want you to shout out, if you recognize the minister, just shout out their name. T.D. Jakes. That's correct. Okay, how about the next one? I know nobody's ever heard of this guy before. Who is this? Stephen Furtick. Okay, awesome. All right, I got one more. I got one more, and this is kind of a trick, but who's the minister here? Aaron? <laughs> nice. It's Pastor Joe, right? Now, I told you it was a trick ahead of time, so I kind of I sabotaged myself, but listen, I want to make a point. Go ahead, Patrick. You can play me in. I'm dying up here. I'm dying up here. No, I'm just kidding. It's a joke. It's a joke. But listen, I have noticed in church life, in church world, something that I think is at times kind of comical. There is something that happens when somebody steps up on a stage and it just causes us to view them differently. And I don't know what it is, but just psychologically, there's something to that. And so I've grown up in churches my whole life. And what, what I have noticed at times is that we kind of get this idea that the minister is the pastor. The minister is the evangelist. The minister is the person that gets paid full time to do this because that's their job. And while there is some truth in that, I, I wanna just ask you to maybe flip the script a little bit. And I wanna read this scripture to you. This is Ephesians 4:11, And he gave the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists, this version says, and the shepherds, another translation would be the pastors and teachers, 
But listen to what it says. It says to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Can I tell you something? If this church is built on a personality, we're in trouble. If it is built on Joe Caminetti Jr. or Joe Caminetti Sr. or a talented worship leader, we ain't gonna last. But if this is built on empowering the church to be the church, we're gonna do something incredible. We're gonna do something remarkable. And uh, actually, as, as I kind of close up here, I'm gonna invite, uh, I have a couple of guys that are gonna pass something out to you. And, and this is where we're gonna end. So you guys can start handing that out there. And Listen, at the end of the day, here, here's my prayer. I, I just want you to, to maybe see from a different perspective why we do this thing called the church. Because it would be really easy to think, man, if we could gather a lot of people into a building and we could have a really great communicator, then the church would grow, then we'd need to expand, then we could reach more people for Jesus. And I think we've been doing that for a really long time. But I, I actually am gonna begin to challenge this church to see it differently. And I want you to begin to see that you are the minister that actually God created you with specific gifts and abilities and purposes. And, and if just me ministering to people is happening, then we're going to reach a few people. But if all of us together did something, then we could do something incredible. This is where I'm going to end. I just want to, as you're receiving what I call your certificate of ordination. I just want to make an announcement. We're adding some people to our staff here at BC Boardman. We're actually adding a couple hundred of you to this staff. Congratulations. You are now an ordained minister of Jesus Christ. I just wanted you to, I wanted you to hear that. No, but listen, when you, when you leave tonight, I would love for you to fill in your name here, but it says this, it says, this is to certify that Haley Richley, that Joey Caminetti, that that Whitney, that Megan, that you guys are officially a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, fully equipped to use your unique gifts and talents to see a city connected with God. And here's why I'm giving this to you. I want this to kind of like burn a hole in your pocket. I, I want it to go home with you and bug you a little bit because this is ultimately what God has called every one of us to do. And so for some of you, God is gonna challenge you to just take a step and jump into growth track. Some of you have gone through growth track, but you didn't take a step and join the dream team. And God's just saying, hey, just take a step. Just find an area where you could use your gift. Some of you, God's gonna challenge you to just say, hey, I wanna be more connected in a connect group. I'm gonna jump into a group this semester. For some of you, you've been a part of a group for a while, and now God's saying, hey, I want you to step out of the boat and take a step of faith, and I want you to lead a group you could make a difference. For some of you, God's saying, hey, I'm a student in my high school and I've only got two years left in this high school and life is short and I'm never gonna see half of these kids again anyways. I might as well tell them about Jesus before I graduate. Every one of us has a different step, but I want you to hear this. Every one of you is a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, at the top of the Rockefeller building, I think all of us are familiar with the Rockefeller Center, there's this unique plaque there. You know what it says? It says this building took 75,000 people to build. Well, next to that, there's another plaque, and you know what it says? It says that if just one person worked on this building, it would have taken 33,330 years to build it. The Bible says that one can put 1,000 to flight, but two can put 10,000 to fly. And I just want you to hear this. We're building something great here. And, and God is just getting started. Excuse me. And so as we get ready to go home tonight, this is my prayer for every person here, that God would begin to just make that calling and that gifting that's on the inside of you come alive. And I really do believe that one day we're going to look back at moments like this and we're going to say, man, I can't believe what God did. And I hope you heard me tonight. Our goal isn't to be explosively huge and have the biggest church. We might never be the biggest church in Mahoning Valley, and that's okay. But here's what I do want to know, that when I stand before God and I answer for how I led this church and how I followed Jesus, I just pray that it would, it would be a nothing left on the field kind of moment, that, or everything left on the field kind of moment, rather, that God would just say, well done, Joe. You did everything that I asked you to do. And I'm just asking you, would you pray about doing it with me? Amen. I won't be perfect and I don't have it all figured out and I only know what I know, but I think there's some amazing things on the inside of you. 
And so tonight, here's the action step I'm going to ask you to take. It's one thing to say I'm inspired by something, but it's another thing to say I'm in and I'm going to take a step. And what I can say about this church is we have more all in people than I've ever seen in my life. And so here's, here's what I know God's going to do. He's going to begin to, in his gracious, loving way, just show you what that looks like. Can you stand to your feet? We're going to end with just a moment of worship and then we're going to jump out and we're going to go back to our our Monday routine. And I, I really pray that God would do something incredible through your lives as you just surrender fully to him. Can you pray with me? And I, how about this? Since this is an ordination service, can you just hold your hands out like this? Hold them out, bow your heads and close your eyes. And I just want to pray over you. Say this with me, say, dear God, I received the call to follow you, to use my gifts for a unique purpose, to make a difference in this world. Would you stir up the gifts inside of me? Prepare me for what you've called me to do. Let me never look at this life the same. Give me an urgency to reach my neighbor to reach my coworker, to follow you wherever you lead. I'm all in, in Jesus' name. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.